Book Two, The Shackled Hut. Long ago, Baba Yaga wanted to travel to different worlds and the spaces between. When she stepped out of her hut in the woods, she saw the chickens scratching for grain in the yard and had an idea. With ancient rituals and powerful magic, her abode awoke. This terrible hut that stands on chicken legs, always dancing, hopping, twirling, and prancing, is how she travels between worlds. When it rests, which it seldom does, a fence with a glowing skull atop each post springs up, and the forest closes in to shield it from prying eyes. Why, hello there, you fantastic worlds travelers. Dustin, the Dungeon Master here, aka Game Dad, here to bring you, as the kids say, the latest haps of the Fantastic Worlds pod. First off, we've added a few posts on our website over the last week, including the long overdue level four character sheets. We will also be adding each character's book to playlist soon as well, so stay tuned for that. Uh, be sure to check out our website regularly. Uh, we are, we're posting new stuff up there every time, and we hope you enjoy it. Also, I'd like to thank everybody who has followed us on Twitch. We finally reached affiliate status. This means we can do even more with our Twitch stream, and over the next coming months, it means that we will be able to do more for you. So uh, we hope you stop by and check it out as we acclimate to that. Speaking of Twitch, our Twitch stream schedule is up on all our social media as always, but just in case, all of our schedule for this week, which is all scheduled at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Wednesday and Thursday, Jess will be uh, accessing her inner cowboy while streaming Red Dead Redemption 2. Friday and Saturday, Kay will continue the search to find a dream daddy for Fergus and for his daughter. Uh, next Monday and Tuesday, I will be jumping out of my chair uh, as zombies and now some weird giant guy continue to attack me in Resident Evil 2, the remake. Those who attended on Monday this week been pretty entertained as I literally jumped out of my seat at least a half a dozen times. I think you all will have a blast. Uh, we started a Discord server a few weeks ago and have been enjoying how many people have joined in contributing to the conversation. Discord has in many ways taken the number one spot from Twitter to connect with each of us and even talk about anything from all our nerdy little endeavors to the show itself and the characters. We hope to be doing even more on there as well over the coming weeks, and we've been discussing some ideas, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, if you haven't yet, go ahead and check it out. Uh, if you go to to our website, fantasticworldspod.com. We have all our little social links in the top right-hand corner, including Discord, and you can click that and join the server. We now have less than a month until the World's Traveler Sweepstakes. It ends on April 3rd, and some of you have seriously gone above and beyond to get those entries, and we cannot thank you enough, and it has been a joy for us as well. This has been the biggest sweepstakes contest we have ever done, and we have some awesome prizes courtesy of our friends at Paizo and Die Hard Dice. Three lucky winners will win one set of fantastic metal dice, one square velvet dice tray, one medium satin-lined velvet bag with at least two additional sets of dice inside, 
the Reign of Winter 22 by 32 inch poster. And on top of all that, you will have the chance to choose from one of three Paizo books. Uh, these are kind of first come, first serve. And those books are the Game Mastery Guide Pocket Edition, the recently released Wilderness Origins Players Companion, and the Advanced Players Guide Pocket Edition. To win these fantastic prizes, there's a few things you can do. Follow us on any of our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Discord. Any of these, you can find links, as I mentioned earlier, on our website, fantasticworldspod.com. You can write us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. A listener recently asked me, hey, I don't have any Apple products. How do I write a review for you on Apple Podcasts? Um, Well, if you have a PC, iTunes is still a valid way to access podcasts and write reviews. So that is the easiest way to do it. That will get you the credit towards the sweepstakes. The other ways you can win is our wild card. Uh, Do you have some amazing talent? Sing us a song, write us a poem, draw us some fan art, bake us some cookies, uh, dress up as your favorite character and send us a picture. Surprise us. Uh, The level of effort may grab you even more than a few extra entries as well. And finally, share our podcast. Share us on social media using the hashtag World's Traveler so we know where to look. Also, feel free to tag us as well. Either way will work. Uh, If you want to find out more or you want to refer back to the kind of official rules, go ahead and check us out at Fantastic World's pod.com and you can find out more information there finally i'd like to give a shout out to one of our reviewers uh rico detroit who gave us one of our first reviews uh, rico said i thought the first couple episodes showed a lot of promise but were a little rough around the edges however it did not take long for the crew to start firing on all cylinders not only are they entertaining but they are really invested in role-playing and telling a good story without getting bogged down in, in pretensionness Game Dad keeps it on the rails, well, I try to anyway, while letting his players shine. And the result is a great adventure. Highly recommended. Uh, Thank you so much for writing that, Rico Detroit. We really appreciate it. And we hope to be reading off a review every episode. So if you want to get your review read, go write one on, like I said, Apple Podcast or Stitcher. It's the easiest way to do so. And we may announce it on the podcast. Well, I think I've taken enough of your listening time. So I'm proud to give you episode 31. A Midwinter Night's Dream. Happy start of book two, everybody. Yay! (laughs) So here's what we're doing is the start of each book. I'm going to wipe all bonds with the chance of uh, if you resolved any of those bonds, you will get one hero point. And then you can bring back old bonds if you want. But uh, if you want to change them up, this is basically that opportunity to change them. Because I think your characters evolve a lot over a book. A lot of things happen in a book. Yeah. Who wants to go first with their new bonds? I have mine up, so I'll go ahead and talk about mine. I think... um, Did you resolve any first? Yes. I think I resolved... uh, Abraxas is unabashedly himself, and I never want him to feel that he needs to be otherwise. I want to protect his innocence and prevent him from becoming self-conscious in a world that will judge him. Because I think Angel mentioned that Abraxas felt more comfortable in his own skin because of Minette's encouragement. So... I would say that bond is pretty much resolved. I don't, I mean, like, obviously he's not a hundred percent confidence man now, but I think he feels like he can be himself. I wholeheartedly agree. What do you guys all think? I think yeah. it's awesome. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I resolve stamp. Say which, say which buddies. Stamp. Torta, torta buds. Team torta. <laughs> torta <laughs> compadres. Buds. Yes. And I think I actually also resolved Odessa hides her feelings. I want to help her become comfortable being vulnerable, at least with her friends. Um, And though it's, I mean, it's not a complete change like with Abraxas, but I think she 
feels like Odessa has been better about sharing her feelings. So that one is resolved as well, even though I don't get... I totally agree. Yeah, I don't get the hero point, obviously, because, you know, you get one from resolutions. But I think, like... You know, story-wise, that's that's what's going on. So, mm-hmm. well, and we've talked about bonds are not always just about the hero points; they're exactly. also about mm-hmm. character development. So, so um, for replacements, I have hearing the words "my world kind of ended at sixteen" shocked and alarmed me. I couldn't have guessed at what Odessa had been through. I knew it was nothing good from her emotional state, but to have everything so dramatically turned on its head in her life, she must have endured a lot of pain. It has clearly contributed to her lack of self-worth. It will surely take time, but I want to help Odessa see her own value and the value of living again. So yeah, that's a a very, very long-term one. But (laughs) And then Abraxas seems to be grappling with his wolfy curse more than usual. I hope to help him cope with his feelings, even though there's little I can do to properly help him. Which is sort of just to say, like, let's bro out and I'll, you know, try and talk to you about it and make you feel more comfortable if I can. So we'll see where that goes. And then Abraxas is conflicted about working with Baba Yaga, and I can understand why. I also have some trepidation considering that she is rumored to be evil. However, I believe that we can trust in the guidance of fate, and I hope to convince Abraxas that no matter what happens, we will find the power to stop Baba Yaga from controlling us further when it's all over. Okay, I am going to pick at random the next person, and I think I'm going to pick on Abby. Uh, so I think I pretty much did an overhaul of my bonds. Um, just they were just kind of, I don't know, outdated at this point. Um, I resolved the one with Odessa letting me shoot her gun. So I was cheerfully able to cross that one off. Um, the only one that I kept, so I'll do Manette's, Manette's new bonds first, because I also have one bond with her that I didn't, uh, remove because we haven't, uh, we haven't had this discussion yet. But it's Manette gives away money like it doesn't matter and will it will bankrupt us quickly if I don't keep an eye on it. I decided to bring that one back because <laughs> I didn't good. think that one had been totally resolved. Mama's purse strings. <laughs> <laughs> um, the two that I added for Manette, actually everybody, almost everybody has three now. The other one that I added is Manette is brave and true and good and does nothing without cause or without reason. Of all of us, she's perhaps the most clear-minded about our mission, and I would do well to heed her instincts in the future and not let my past associations with priests and paladins cloud my judgment of her character. And then my second one for Manette is, Manette recently confided in me that she's unused to this sort of fear in the face of such overwhelming danger and the odds that not all of us will make it to see this quest finished. I want to find a way to cheer her up and remind her that she is more than equal to this task. Aww. That's awesome. My new ones for Abraxas is that, well, one of the, I actually, I I take that back. I kept one for Abraxas too, because I think it's something that Pippa needs to constantly be reminding herself because she, she really likes being in charge and she really likes having all the attention and she really likes being the one who kind of like does all the things. So she's also really trying to keep in mind um, just kind of our old bond of, I must remember that in this environment, Abraxas knows more than I do, (laughs) and I need to let him take the lead. Like, this is something Pippa constantly needs to keep repeating over and over in her brain. Um, So it's not quite resolved yet. I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) She has to work really hard on letting other people take the lead. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
so her new ones for Abraxas is that uh, I hope that while spending time in Abraxas's presence and observing and speaking with him, uh, that I can learn to accept and better control these changes to my nature and the possibility of a wilder heritage than I had previously thought I had. And then my last one for Abraxas is Abraxas has been so kind to me, allowing me to ride him when I can't keep up and bolstering me in times of fear. And I must think of something I can do to show him how much I appreciate his friendship. Perhaps a giant pile of exotic meats. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is my favorite bond. It literally doesn't matter what else anyone says. (laughs) The word exotic pile of meats. <laughs> I pr- I really appreciate that it was a pile, mm-hmm. a pile, a heap of exotic meats. Oh my god! <laughs> Beautiful. So moving on to Odessa, um, we resolved the one with her gun, and then I kind of like figured that the old one about her being a, a trustworthy ally and a good friend, and me wanting to prove myself to her as someone else as someone she could trust actually got resolved because she confided to me about her addiction mm-hmm. I, w- I would actually say even her trusting you to fire her gun mm-hmm. too is a pretty big deal yeah. so I'd say that Odessa and I are like are pretty solid so mm-hmm. we we definitely resolved that bond so I added two new ones which is uh, one is Odessa has been struggling all this time with her addiction and I was too blinded with my own ambitions to see the truth of what was happening. I must try to be a better friend to her and help her lance this wound uh, at the core of her heart. And then the second one is my faith and own experience tells me that solace and blissful distraction can often be found in a night of passion with a beautiful lover, a sentiment I know Odessa shares. (laughs) I should should wing woman her if we get an opportunity at a tavern where we aren't being attacked by the proprietors. (laughs) All right. So Abby wins bonds. Literally, I can't hold up to any of those. All are funny and heartfelt and Uh beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I worked hard on them. Oh my God. Mine are so short that it's embarrassing. (laughs) Yikes. That's that's good because I think it's good to have a combination of short term bonds and long term bonds for sure. So, oh, I guess I can go next then. Um, I was like, I thought you were going (laughs) next. (laughs) I, I got rid of all of them. Um, a lot of them were like, again, the generic, uh, you know, the general trust ones, the initial, the party was starting out. And again, he trusts, he trusts the party. Uh, same thing for the communication. I think he's, it's something he's always going to be building with. And again, feeling comfortable, you know, not perfecting it. So I just cleared all of them out and I started with three because I wanted to build to build on them. So I just kept the three basic, uh, I have Pippa can harness powerful arcane forces. My hope is she balances its protective and destructive potential. And the kind of sentiment behind that is, um, again, he's amazed. He, one of his favorite things is her spells can damage the undead, which he thinks is amazing. You know, they're protective, but again, they're in the, they're in the north in Erison. So he always has kind of that. Again, the, the spooky place, you know, witches are coming to get you. So that's also in the back of his mind. So with this statement, it even though it doesn't say it is, you know, to be nurturing and help her, you know, help her with that power, but also in the back of his mind, you know, realize, hey, you know, balance, balance is important. And I hope that, you know, she'll take, he knows Pippa is a good person, but, you know, these forces that 
run through you or something different. So kind of to kind of keep an eye on that. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And then I have um, this one stemmed from the walk where, again, you know, how Manette. Oh, no, no. It was Pippo and Odessa, I think, had run ahead. and um, No, it was Manette. Uh, oh, it was Manette. So it was mm-hmm. Manette. And Abraxas was in wolf form. So for him, you know, the storyline was he thought he heard, you know, Odessa say something about um the dad being eaten but and he has sharp senses when he's in wolf form so he didn't know how much of that was accurate how much of that was maybe i don't know some sort of expression but i wanted the next one to have kind of that in mind so i put uh some darkness or sorrow wounded odessa early in life i will make sure she knows she is safe in this pack so again um She's been very touchy-feely with him. And again, I think um, he's become more, he's comfortable sleeping in wolf form. When, again, we were in inns, he had his own room, he was in wolf form. That's how he sleeps. He's used to sleeping that way. And so I'm picturing, you know, if it's nighttime in their camp, he's either nestled at Odessa's feet by the fire, and he's always nearby her, or, you know, they're they're getting their little cuddles cuddles on. <laughs> their spoon on. <laughs> The little spoon, wolf spoon. <laughs> they're, they're platonic love cuddles. <laughs> so I had that as a bond. And then my last one is uh, Manette has no problem joining me in the den. I can join her in the uh, temple. And so that just signifies, again, Manette. I like how our bonds like uh, interweave. You know, Manette has really allowed him to be an animal. And that's okay. He is an animal. And so... This is his realization, you know, Manette comes from a different background, has different beliefs than him, and it means a lot that she's been there, you know, to support his nature. So it's that kind of promise going, you know what, let me, um, you know, I know I have a duty to, you know, my druidic responsibilities and all this, but he wants to make a bigger effort, you know, learning more about Kepri, you know, and the things that Manette has interest in. So that's kind of what that statement signifies. Do you have a do you have a personal bond to Brexis? Oh, I have the same one. Um I really like it and I want to continue refining it. So I kept the personal bond of um is a Braxis a man that turns into a wolf or a wolf that turns into a man? Is he man or beast? His experience with his new pack has made him realize that he is both man and beast. He will continue to learn how to talk. And fight like a human. He'll continue to howl at the moon and chase rabbits. He will revel in the power of his hybrid form. I love that. That That's sounds awesome. awesome. Last but never least, we got Kay. What do you What do you have coming up for Odessa? Did you resolve anything? Yeah, actually, I feel like I feel like I kind of resolved most of them. But the one I think that I resolved the most was Pippa and I have grown close over the last several months. I believe I can trust her and hope she can trust me. We both seem to have suffered substantial loss and heartbreak at too young an age. Knowing this, I want to be able to help her confide her troubles in me and mine in her. Perhaps together we can begin to heal. And I think our conversation in the last episode kind of like began that healing process when we were both like, we're going to support each other. Mm-hmm. No matter how we can figure it out, but we're gonna try. So I kind of felt like we had resolved that one, and then my next bond, I'm going to build on that. But I feel like the foundation of that bond got resolved, 
And then I actually feel like I resolved my personal bond, which was I've made baby steps towards opening up and trusting my companions just as Caden has commanded me, but I can't seem to get over the larger hurdles. If I'm ever going to have this divine curse lifted, I will either need to embrace this forced honesty or convert to a new god, wherein latter isn't really an option. Okay, then why have you betrayed me so? Um, And I think that she's really actually starting to open up a lot. At least for her, like, telling Manette that her mom ate her dad was, like, a big freaking deal. And, like, her being kind of open with Pippa about, like, her reliance on alcohol to cope with things was a big deal. And, like, little things that she's doing are actually really big deals for her. Um, And while she still has a really long way to go, that was a big one for her. So... I thought those got resolved. Okay, so my new ones. For Pippa, I have the transformation that Pippa is going through is going to require support. I don't pretend to understand what is happening, as magic is something I know so little about, but I do know she will need a friend. So while Abraxas and Minette can offer advice and training, I can offer her a hand to hold and a safe place to escape should she need it. I'm getting verklempt over here. No. Like, <laughs> I'm actually getting a little misty. <laughs> uh, so that's the one with Minette or with Pippa. And then um, my bond with Minette is definitely a long term one because I think it's gonna it's it's kind of one of the boiling point ones. But her bond is what a mess I've made with Minette. The world is falling apart around us, and I keep finding myself thinking about what could be with someone I barely know. Her words, I hope you'll give us a chance, echo in my head when I look at her. But she is coming to terms with the gravity of the situation we have fallen into and has so much on her plate. The last thing I need to do is add anything more. I do not have the skills to help me navigate the intricacy of what has happened between us, but I still can't help but wonder what would happen if I was honest with myself and with her. And then my bond with Abraxas is... The platonic intimacy of sharing a bed with Abraxas has saved me from myself more times than I care to admit. He has become a silent rock for me to brace myself against that keep my nightmares at bay. I don't know if I will ever be able to repay the gift of peace he's been giving me, but I will try. And then lastly, for myself, I have, after years of living inside an impenetrable shell that has kept everyone at arm's length, I have begun to see cracks along the surface that let small truths slip through. Caden has brought me to people who might be able to give me the courage to live out in the light. Perhaps I can trust them with the truths that wreck my mind when I close my eyes. Maybe I don't have to carry all this alone. Muy bien. Very, very good. Those are mine. Well, let's get on with it, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> A steady drip echoes in this otherwise quiet, cool cave. You see three small wolf pups curled up together in a tight little ball of fur, doing their best to keep warm while napping. The closer we move in on them, the more you hear the small, subtle sounds of snoring. One of the pups' nose starts to twitch. Once, then twice, and then on the third, his eyes open wide with excitement as he jumps and darts out of the cave. The young wolf sees his parents tearing apart a wild rabbit into small pieces. He goes to dive in, but his mother gives the pup a stern look and growls, Apraxis, you must wait. The small pup bows his head in shame and hunger and walks back a few feet, takes a seat, his tail wagging impatiently. 
His mother brings him a small portion of meat for him to eat, smaller than he is used to, but gobbles it down in a few quick bites. He quickly looks up expectantly, waiting for more. At this point, his brother and sister join him, sitting at his side, still waking up from their long slumber. His father looks over, Abraxas, your appetite is much larger than that of your siblings. Today, you wish for more, you must go get it yourself. I think you will find it will come more naturally than you think. Abraxas whines a bit, but eventually heads out into the forest with his head down, moping like the Solentine he is. The smell of the cool morning air invigorates Abraxas. Soon he was able to push through the growl in his stomach as adventures seemed to be feeding him. He wanders amongst a patch of flowers and rolls around, giving his fur the scent of honey. He finds the largest tree and naps under it, chases a fluttering group of butterflies around. It has been a day full of adventure, but despite his efforts, his stomach still growls, and he finds a few small animals to hunt here and there, but as they are older and wiser, escaped his clutches with ease. Hours of wandering around has sated his curiosity, but his growing stomach was back in full force. Eventually, almost ready to give up, Abraxas wanders towards a small, fresh stream and drinks. As he drinks, his nose starts to twitch as he smells the wonderful smell of fish being cooked not too far away. His parents have trained him long ago that the smell of food being cooked meant that there are humans nearby, and that humans mean danger. But a small peak wouldn't hurt, would it? Abraxas quietly moves forward through the tall grass, following his nose towards the delicious smell. He didn't have to travel far to find a fire and a fish being cooked on it. A small chubby boy, no more than twelve, with red hair and long linky legs, walking around and setting up the tent for the night. Abraxas, so driven by hunger, failed to notice the small stick under his foot as he continues to approach. The sound when it cracked might as well have been a bunch of pans falling to the ground in the serene and quiet surroundings. The boy jumped at the sound, quickly pulled out a dagger, and looked around nervously. Who? Who's there? Scanning at the direction of the sound, he finally narrows his view to see a small white fur and then focuses more to see the clean white of a small wolf pup. Is that a puppy? The boy excitedly says. It's okay. Why don't you come out and visit? Abraxas doesn't move. In fact, starts looking for a direction to run. Oh, are we shy? That's okay. I know how to fix that. He pulls out several sticks of jerky, quickly breaks off a chunk, and tosses it towards the young white wolf. Abraxas sniffs at it as it appears before his nose. Enchanted by the smell and the growling in his stomach, he gulps it down. The boy tosses another piece a little farther from Abraxas and closer to himself. Abraxas quietly advances forward with another bite. The boy and Abraxas do this for a few minutes until finally the boy is just within reach. Good boy! The young teen calls out, Now how about some fish? Abraxas wags his tail in gratitude and appreciation as the boy cuts some of the freshly cooked fish and tosses it in his direction. The boy smiles, takes a few bites of his own fish. I am glad to finally have met a friend. I don't have many in town. Maybe we can go back together. The boy reaches his hand out quickly to pet Abraxas, but the quick motion startles the immature pup and quickly bites down on the hand in self-defense. The boy howls in pain and Abraxas jumps back, realizing what he just did. Abraxas starts to run, but he looks back one last time. It's not the boy he sees, but it's Pippa. Why would you do this, Abraxas? 
I trusted you. You see the pain, sad expression in Pippa's eyes. You blink again. It is a full moon, and there in front of you is Pippa changing before your very eyes. Odessa, you see Abraxas curled up next to you, and he's doing that thing that puppies do when they have a bad dream or something, and they're just kind of, mm, mm, and like moving their feet really fast. He's, he's obviously not, not doing great in whatever dream he's having. So Odessa would kind of reaches over and like shakes Abraxas awake and goes, Abraxas, um, it's okay. Wake up. Come on, bud. No nightmares. And I think at this point, he bolts away and is just looking around, breathing hard, panting hard, and changes back. Uh, I think a little slower. Normally, the change is really quick and just, you know, just takes a couple of seconds for him to change. But I think this time the transition's really slow. And you can tell that he's just covered in sweat. He's still doing the, you know, breathing. And even just the pant has translated over where he's just kind of panting and just looking around. (sighs) And he's looking at both of your hands and just sniffing around. I mean, he's he's basically seeing if there's either blood in the air, did he break skin or something? He's not quite sure he's awake. And finally settles down and is... It... Oh my goodness. Uh, Okay, I'm... Are you okay? And then he'll look over to see where where Pippa's asleep at. Yeah, but I'm fine. You just... You know, you you were chasing squirrels in your sleep or something. Just wanted to make sure you were... You're okay. But I'm, I'm fine. I wish they were squirrels. And he's, uh, he, I think he's absentmindedly, uh, again, his armor, you know, I think by now you guys see where the, you know, he repaired his armor. So you, I don't know, if, uh, question the scratch on the side on the torso is still there that didn't get repaired. And I think he's just absentmindedly putting his hand there and he keeps looking between you and Pippa and then back again. I... That was... That seemed very real. There... When I was young. And I think at that point he goes into the story um, really quietly, just, you know, making sure he's getting every word out. And while he's relating the story, he's going to still kind of just check over to see how Pippa's doing and continue his story. Um... I was, I hardly remembered it. I was very young. I spent much of my childhood, it is a, a tradition among my people. We, we stay in wolf form uh, during our formative years. And as we get older, we change and you know, our parents, family introduce us to the, the ways of men. Uh, um, uh, my eldest sister has a very successful merchant business. That's how we get introduced to uh, villagers, the town, and learn the basics of interaction. I was called to the Druidic Order. Uh, I learned from my aunt the ways of nature. And when it was my time to 
take on my orders, if you will. I was called by the great archdruid, and I was sent to, uh, there was a lycanthrope. He uh, had fully been taken by the curse. He would slay animals needlessly and, and humans alike. And I was tasked to locate this person. I, with the help of my and a skilled druid in her own right tracked them down. It was this town in the land of the Lenorum Kings. I used my scent and what I've learned to track them down. And when I found them, they had embraced the madness and the hunger. They had set up shop as a butcher. I, I don't know how much of their shop was animal or how much was their victim. There is a hidden ritual. It's called the breaking of the hunter's moon. It, it takes powerful members of our order, but we can break the curse for those that it's been inflicted upon, not uh, reared in such as my family. I tried so hard to, to bring them back, but there was people nearby and they were in danger and I had to, I, I had to end them. It was that boy, it was my job, I, I didn't realize it until later, but I was sent to repair the damage that I've done. Uh, the battle was fierce, I, I of course had no fear of of the bite, but uh, my armor, just a nick, but that's how I remember the boy and the monster. I, my teeth, this curse, it's, it's a part of me, my family, my mother, my father, we all carry it, it's just something that's, that's with us. Uh, well, I think sometimes we forget the dangers of it. I, I, I felt as we're closer here in Irison, I, it brought me comfort to give you all the belladonna to keep you safe. I know we have a lot of silver now that we've uh, liberated from the Pale Tower, but I. I forget that I, I carry a danger no matter where I go. Ooh, uh, hmm, uh, um, uh, you know what would be good right now is, I think something, something to eat, I think would, oh, that's right, um. I think at this point, Odessa would probably crawl off the bed and just, like, kneel next to you and just, like, wrap her arms around you and just be like, Braxis, it's, it's okay, none of us are scared of you. I think he flinches at the first touch, but he's got that fear, but again, the, he's a pack animal, and having that connection is really important to him. And so, um, yeah, he flinches a little, but he just lets himself be in that moment. We all love you, buddy. It, really, it's... We all make big mistakes, and we live with them, but... You're a really good person slash wolf, and 
we're all really proud to know you and to have you be a part of our pack. So don't don't beat yourself up for a mistake you made as a teenager. Man, if I beat myself up for every mistake I made as a teenager, oh my god, I'd be black and blue. So just it's going to be okay. We're we're all here for you and we're not afraid of whatever curse that you carry. We've all got something. So just deep breaths, my man. It's going to be it's going to be okay. Uh, thank you. I, I I feel more myself. It's I think it's in I think it's important to remember and I think the main reason I was so scared when I didn't have my armor is just I need to keep this I need to keep that wound close. It I don't know, somehow it makes me feel safe and just not having it. I think I don't know how much was the hunger and how much was not having the armor in the tower that I I feel safer having it on and I feel safer having a pack. My my duties keep me very far from my family a lot of the time. Uh, thank you. I think with that, I, I turn back into uh, a wolf and uh, just, you know, put my, my head like on your lap. He's kind of did a little relax doggo. She like scrunch like what's the word I'm looking for? Like takes both takes your head in both her hands and like scrunches your face and then just like kisses you on the head and is like, see, that's my good boy right there. So like I'm guessing that Odessa and Abraxas had that conversation like like pretty quietly. Everybody else kind of woke up as they naturally would in their own time. So I as they're sitting sullenly in front of Nadia's fire, watching her and her family enjoy breakfast. Actually, Nadia, had, <laughs> you told Nadia about the curse, and she very nicely escorts her children into their room with a plate of food and oh closes my the door. God. She's such she an is angel. The best woman. God. Okay. All right. As we're sitting meditatively by the fire, trying to will ourselves into some state of okayness. <laughs> Um, and uh, Pippa's kind of idly scratching at a rash that's developing on her hand. I'm just wondering why Abraxas keeps giving her such funny looks. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, mm. <laughs> uh, and she's gonna turn to Manette and be uh, like, uh, Manette, I have a favor to ask. Um, I've been feeling the need to commune with my goddess, and Honestly, up here, there aren't a whole lot of places to do that except on ground where vengeance of some kind has been accomplished. And I think the best place to do that is actually where we just came from. Uh, And I was wondering if you'd escort me back there. I know it's a really long walk and I hate to ask you, but I also I don't want to go alone. (laughs) And uh, I absolutely, you know, anything, whatever you need. I'm happy to help you. Well, uh. Would you mind if we went now? Sh- sure. Let's let's head out. I think if you guys are leaving, Odessa would probably like pull a book out of her bag and just be like, Abraxas, you want to cuddle by the fire and I'll read you a story? Yes. <laughs> oh, really quick. Oh, uh, uh, Pippa, Pippa. Uh, this is from the tower and it would just mean so much if you keep it with you. And at this point, Abraxas presents that wolf 
wolf dagger from the Pale Tower loot and presents it to uh, Pippa, you know, just handling it over very gingerly, gently, and, uh, uh, to keep you safe. Pippa, like, you actually see her kind of tear up a little bit. Um, this, like, a da- daggers are actually um, part of the, the sigil of her goddess. Oh, wow. Perfect timing. Who she's, she's going to pray to now. Oh, so holy she, crap. Like, this is excellent yep. timing and an excellent sign to her that this is a that this is a good day to do this um so she actually kind of tears up a little bit and accepts the dagger and says abraxas ah thank you so much are are you sure you don't want this one it's got a wolf oh, on I, it it would ju- <laughs> i would love for you just to keep that with you always uh, i i want it to keep I you am, safe i am so touched and you are a wonderful friend thank you she like kind of like awkwardly like hugs your leg a little bit. <laughs> oh, and uh, you know I think uh, he's been looking really pale. Um, it could be the hunger, it could be bad dreams, but uh, I think a little more color comes to his face, and he looks really happy that you have it. And as he turns around, I think he meets eyes knowingly with Manette, and just kind of gives her, you know, a little a little nod, you know, a little secret nod between the sandwich buds. <laughs> she nods um, back. <laughs> and uh, turns to wolf form in the little circle and uh, is ready for a story. So when you guys go outside, it's actually a oddly beautiful clear day. The sky is blue, which is not something that happens a lot near us in. And there's, there's a slight breeze, but for the most part, you know, there was a little bit of snow at night. So there's a little bit of height, but it's actually a height you can navigate pretty well, Pippa. So lack of Abraxas is not going to harm you too much. Manette, uh, did I ever did I ever tell you that when I was younger I wanted to be a priest? The what? Uh, I was I was very young uh, when I joined the Callistrian Temple in Opara uh, as a novice. It was a a few years after I lost my mother, and I was I was angry. I wanted my revenge. I still do, matter of fact. Uh, but I saw the temple as a way to hone those skills. One of the savored stings domains is vengeance. And uh, as I stayed there, I learned a lot from the priests. Uh, I actually came to fall in love with the temple for its pleasures and its intrigue and the sense of independence I always felt there. Uh, I passed many happy years there, kind of honing my craft, as well as the love of uh, finer things in life. A lot of our priests had very wealthy patrons who came to them for all sorts of carnal satisfaction. I could tell you some stories. But I found I, I, I couldn't stay. And become an initiate as I had planned. My temple was the place to go for sacred communion and to buy and sell secrets as well as plot your revenge on those who had wronged you. But it was also where you came if you needed an inconvenient person assassinated. And the temple didn't care who the victim was or how old or helpless or if they could defend themselves as long as the tithe was right and they thought the punishment appropriate and I um I said some things to you in the tower things about your character and the nature your passion and your righteous actions on Capri's behalf and I saw in that cave and and then on the sands of your homeland when it sent us there how devoted you are to his cause and it I'm not gonna lie it frightened me but it's no excuse for the things I implied or or outright said about your intentions 
What you said to us when what you said to us on this path when we returned to Waldsby was jarring, to say the least. It made me realize how far I've strayed from my own path. And uh, somehow also how much I've only been considering how this journey was ex- affecting me. And I, I really hope you'll accept my apology, Manant. I'm sorry. You don't owe me an apology. We were we were in a horrible situation. And <laughs> I think we all said some things we probably didn't mean. It was... If there's anything I regret in that moment, it was letting go of my emotions. Letting my emotions control me. And as much as I love to express my emotions and I think that's an important thing for someone to be healthy I shouldn't have let them overtake me and really if anyone owes anyone an apology it's it's I I owe you one I was I was too harsh I think I was letting the gravity of the situation hit me and remembering remembering times when We trusted the wrong person, me and my caravan, and horrible things happened. And I was letting that fill me with fear. And that's never something you should let overtake you. So I, I, if, if, (laughs) if it helps you, I truly, I accept your apology, but I don't think you needed to make one. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that. <laughs> but but uh I accept yours as well for for what it's worth even though I don't I don't think you did anything wrong either. It was an awful day. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I'll never get the taste of ash out of my mouth for the rest of my life, I think. Ugh, goddess no. <laughs> <laughs> Or I don't think I'm going to get any of this blood off of my favorite sleeve. <laughs> I mean, she actually kind of sniffles. She sniffles a little bit. I mean, I can illusion it now, but but I know it's there. <laughs> but I'm just I'm really happy you're along for this journey, Manette. I think what you said on the way back was so correct, and it made me realize that. There are just there are just some hard truths we're gonna have to face and some things we're gonna have to take care of. And I'm I'm really glad you're here to help with that, because I think you've got the clearest vision on what we're supposed to be doing. Well, I hope with your clear head we can uh make this happen smoothly. <laughs> with far less bickering in the future, I think that was entirely unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah, well, no promises, but we'll do our best. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. I thought that if I ever got into a situation like this, so catastrophic, all I would think is, well, time to save the world. <laughs> you know, I never thought I would be left questioning, what if I fail instead? <sighs> and now... Bards make it sound so easy. They really do. They lie. (laughs) Believe me. Awful liars. I lived with a bard for 16 years. They lie. Oh my. (laughs) They do lie. (laughs) But, um, with, with the encouragement of all of you and knowing how capable you are, I, 
have decided to trust that things will go to plan. That mindset may not take hold right away, but that is what I'm aspiring to right now. And, you know, it, it's strange that as I came to understand the weight of our situation in that tower, I also realized that I've been seeking martyrdom. I've never suffered from low self-esteem, but I didn't feel that I was worthy to truly take part in, in what I saw as your quest. I believed I may have been brought here to shepherd you to a point and then die, allowing you to escape. That's what I believed my part was. But Kepri has always indicated that I was meant for more. And I need to truly trust in my god now and in the people surrounding me. And um, I think on some level I, I knew all of this this whole time. And that's where my fear of death originated. But I've, I've put together the pieces now. And uh, with your help, I've finally reached the conclusion I needed to. So all of that is just to say <laughs> thank you. You've, you've been a real friend. You've helped me see a lot <laughs> that I needed to see. I feel the same way. And all I have to say, in conclusion, is don't you fucking dare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm past it, I promise. <laughs> okay. I, I think your guys' conversation is actually past time quicker than you thought. It's like when you're on a road trip with a good friend and you realize, like, time has just passed by seamlessly. That's kind of what's happened. And before you know it, you're in front of this now collapsed tower on its side, kind of covered under a big pile of snow already. I think Manette uh, is probably used to this with sand dunes and how quickly sand dunes can cover things. Uh, But it's probably an interesting experience to see it with snow. And uh, there it sits. The clouds have started to come over a little bit and started to come in. Um, I'd say it's probably around one in the afternoon-ish kind of time. Um, Pippa's going to walk into the courtyard by the uh, remains of the dragon well, actually, no, I think, uh, no, she's actually going to walk over to the remains of Radosek, because I, I don't think we ever talked about actually burying the dude. We wouldn't no. have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she's kind of going to uh, go over next to him. She's going to take the dagger that Abraxas gave her, and she's going to etch Callistria's symbol into the ground next to Radosek. It's a... Uh, there are more elaborate versions of it, but I think for her purposes, just uh, the circle with three lines coming off of it will will do uh, for kind of a rougher prayer. Callistria doesn't have a whole lot of shrines in any case, um, even even back in lands where she's worshipped, uh, just because that's just not the kind of that's just not the kind of religion that she has. And Pippa Pippa doesn't pray often. She's not especially devout. And Callistria is the kind of goddess that's also sort of fickle and pays attention to you when she feels like it. And so she doesn't really demand constant devotion um, in the same way a lot of other gods do. So, you know, they're cool. <laughs> Be cool, Callistria. Um, Be cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, she and Callistria are very cool. But uh, she really feels the need for guidance now um, in determining what her mission should be and what her next steps are. So she's also going to take out of her pack a small golden goblet 
and then a bottle of wine that she secured from somewhere, like Nadia's house, or maybe she raided Radosex, uh procured from yeah. a pile of wines <laughs> from from Kay's pile of wine. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Through another dimension. <laughs> feeling a lot of judgment <laughs> <laughs> she's also gonna take um a, a little kindling and some sticks that she collected on the way and make a small fire in the middle of the symbol uh pour the wine into the small cup and uh say a quick blessing over it that the priests taught her at the temple where she served for a few years i call upon the savored sting the lady in the room the unquenchable fire Callistria. Accept my offering of wine, flame, and vengeance done by my own hand, and hear my prayer. She'll pour some of the wine onto the onto the flame. I trust you won't mind if I have some myself. It's been a long few weeks. So we've arrived in a land where I imagine your face is not often turned and your name not often spoken. But I pray you will lend me your passion, luck, and guile. Anyhow, I need every bit of it I can get. There's red in the ledger here. Make no mistake. The people of this land have been done wrong. Their children and their choices taken from them by leaders who give nothing in return. They live lives of only fear with no end in sight. No pleasure, no intrigue, no passion. Only survival. A great debt is owed, and I can't imagine that pleases you in any country. I have many questions about myself, my heritage, and the mysteries surrounding my own vendetta, of which I know I've spoken often in your presence. I know it's not your responsibility to answer those questions for me. Indeed, that would take the meaning out of rooting out the answers for myself, but what I would ask of you is a sign. Your guidance on my hand and my heart to seek vengeance for the people of Waldsby, to lead me to the worst perpetrators of this wrongdoing, to help me deceive, trick, and persuade whoever I need to in order to rain bloody vengeance down upon them in your name. If this pleases you, if revenge for Erison against these so-called witch queens who would deny you the followers and offerings you are due when one man seeks retribution from another, or when lovers come together with untamed lust or a leader desires to rise to prominence with her charm and her guile alone, send me a sign so I might know where to begin. She's going to pour the rest of the wine onto the fire and say one of one of the only prayers that Callistrian followers really have. They only have one holy book, and there's only a few actual prayers in them. Most of it actually resembles the Kama Sutra. Uh, <laughs> my <Wowza>. God. <laughs> um, Odessa chose the wrong God. <laughs> but there is one prayer. A vow. To savor the three stings of passion, guile, and vengeance. No food I ever taste, no thing I ever build will satisfy me as much as your gifts. So mote it be. You know, you would have fit in damn well with my caravan. Have I ever told you what we really did? <laughs> my god. <laughs> We're gonna have some talks on the way back to Waldsby. <laughs> Pippa kind of nods grimly and she's like, oh... I believe I would have. <laughs> I'm excited to hear your stories. I bet you got some raunchy ones. <gasps> oh man, Odessa is probably so unhappy that she is not a part of this. <laughs> she doesn't know it, but she is. <laughs> I I like that you have brought out uh, Manette's 
joyful side. That's been a side that hasn't been around lately because of all the sh- crap you guys have gone through. <laughs> yeah, she's been very <laughs> introspective and scared. <laughs> I think we're just chatting back and forth the walk back and, you know, probably, like I said, um, I think Minette is telling her a little bit more about how her caravan called themselves liberationists, you know, and things like that and what they were really up to and how they were basically up to the same shit she was doing, you know, (laughs) just in a different scale. (laughs) (laughs) But I think Pippa's trading stories back of like her temple days of just so many drugs, so much sex, so much orgies were stuff of legends. (laughs) Good God. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you guys are wandering back, and I think what's hilarious is even there's a couple times where you hear, like, Manette's laughing bellow throughout Irison, and I think that's the first time you she's probably, like, really laughed in Irison. Um, I think for both of you, actually, because I think both of you guys probably share the bond of fear, um, which is interesting. I think I, Manette probably has a hard time grasping that. I don't think she's ever really mm-hmm. felt fear before as a paladin, which is something that she's not supposed to feel. So it's it's almost... It's almost fearful of being fearful. The snow starts to fall very lightly as you're walking back. And the same thing, you guys are having these fun conversations and time is just kind of passing by. And you arrive in the outskirts of town. Um, You've seen Nadia, actually. Um, She's kneeling in front of a burned-down house um, that's just on the outskirts of town. Manette kneels with her. (laughs) She She just starts praying. That's her instinct uh nadia kind of gives a small smile of like thank like the nod of thanks and uh stands stands up after a few minutes and she's like this was the home of torvar the last village leader we had he lived here with his wife and daughter tovar came under suspicion of being a member of the resistance a group called the heralds of summer's return nazina's response was quick and brutal her cards burned down Tovar's house with his wife and child inside, and Tovar himself was hung up on the town hall's clock tower until he died of exposure, and the ravens picked his bones clean. She kind of spits out, so angry. Since then, Wadsby has had no leader. We have lost too much. Something needs to change. Mena is kind of like shaking <laughs> and breathing with fury because she's seen this kind of thing happen before. You know, the wrong person in the wrong place at the wrong time and that sort of thing. So she's kind of gripping her arm where her her tattoo is, her birth tattoo, because it's kind of pulsating under her hand, I think. It kind of does that from time to time and she's just nodding and, and shaking with just, <laughs> just righteous fury. Pippa comes up and puts a hand on Nadia's shoulder and kind of looks looks towards the, like vaguely in a skyward direction and kind of like nods her head. She takes a, the same dagger and she recarves Callistria's symbol into the burned out wreckage of the home and just quietly says, "In your name." After after Pippa finishes that, Nadia kind of bows her head again and uh, let's let's head back to my home. We need to get you to a hut, no? Oh, that's right. I never thought I'd say it, but yes, we have to go to it. <laughs> oh my god. A hut. That hey, I perfect. grew up in a hut. <laughs> 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 
take us take us to the he hut. Said hut with such disdain. immediately. <laughs> a dancing oh hut. My God. They only makes it a little better. <laughs> I've got nothing against people who live in huts. You mean the specific- okay, just- okay, okay. Yeah, I, I trust you. <laughs> I had a, I had a and a carriage. <laughs> it was an opara. And it, and it had all manner of, of beautiful things in it that I took from people who didn't deserve it. <laughs> so you all you all head back to Nadia's house and uh, and she motions for all of you to sit down. Izamir uh, kind of comes in and he, Nadia asked asked to me to uh, come over as well. Uh, and then Nadia actually brings you guys some cups with broth in it, and she's like, what "This a this is." This is not food, but I think it's the closest thing to food you can have. Manette downs it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one way to find out. Pippa just kind of like looks at Manette like, like with major side eye, like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I feel all right. It didn't taste like ash. Oh my God, what? Just ignores everybody and just chugs the thing, is licking the inside of the bowl. Yeah, so it doesn't quench your starvation at all, but it does feel good to like. It's like solving a mouth hunger problem. I guess oh, is the best God, way to put yeah, it. That's just uh, something. That's all he needs. That's all the Braxis needs. Mm, sipping broth. Uh, as mm-hmm. you're doing that, uh, Nadia and unfurls a large cloth map of Irisin in front of all of you, uh, and runs her hand along a route between Waldsby and White Throne. Since my husband died. I have tried not to raise the ire of the witches with the hope that the family would not be harmed. Even then, they took my daughter and have tormented me every chance they have had. It is time for that to change. All of your friendships have inspired me to help, and at the same time, I need to take my sons away from this place. If Nazina returns, she will surely see an end to their lives. It's a nine-day journey to White Throne. Getting there is a hard trip. Getting in may be a bigger issue. You see her concentrating and thinking, I will escort all of you to White Throne and help in any way I can. I am hoping I can find a safe place for my children in Irisin. And she points on the map, and you can see it's probably about like a week into the nine-day trip where where uh, Ella Sprin is. From there, we can move on to Fish Camp, just to the outskirts of the capital city. My husband's uncle, Ringir, is a fisherman and someone I would trust with my life. He may be able to get us in. Izamar speaks up. I have packed supplies for your journey. You should have enough rations and warm blankets and furs to get you where you need. He puts his hand on Odessa's shoulder. I owe your father a lot. I am so happy I can help you with this. Um, I think Odessa would just kind of put her hand on his hand and just, thank you, we're, we're going to do everything we can to make all of this right. We'll take all the help you're willing to give us. I think Manette looks at Nadia and says, you've helped us immeasurably, and I can't thank you enough. And I wish, I only wish I hadn't smashed that goddamn jewel. <laughs> So you could have spent more time with your daughter, but I'm so glad we met you. Same. <laughs> you had no idea what's, what that would have done. It, I do not blame you. I do not hold ill will for you. This is this is Radasek and Nazina's fault, 
not yours. I appreciate your forgiveness. Yeah, Abraxas gives out like a little growl and they've doled out enough pain. It's time for them to feel winter's icy bite. So I think I think after that, there's um, a lot of standing up. Um, Isamar giving hugs to people and and Nadia cleaning out the mugs. Uh, uh, she refills your mug of breakfast with more broth. Oh, th- I was already looking around to see if there was like, a <laughs> refill time. <laughs> and uh, Isamar says goodnight and starts to walk out. Actually, Isamar, um, I do have one more favor to ask you, if it isn't too much. Anything I can do, I'll, I'll always help. Okay, hold, hold on one second. And she walks out of the room into the area where we've all been sleeping and you guys can kind of hear her like rustling about and like cursing silent, like quietly as she's like digging through her shit. And then you kind of hear like a, ah, okay, good. There you are. And she comes back out and she's holding a kind of a small metal object. And she walks up to Ismar and with it in her hands. And she says, I, I've been holding on to this for God almost 10 years now, and I haven't felt worthy of it until now, and if it would be okay, I was wondering if I could use your forge to use this. And she puts the heavy metal object into Izamar's hand. Izamar rolls it around in his hand and looks, and he's and he kind of gasps a little bit. He's like, this, this is your father's maker's mark, no? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Oh, I know what, what you need. You're ready to be marked, huh? Yeah, I, uh, he told me I'd, I'd know, and I, I think I finally know. I would agree. I think your father would be very proud of you. And he's like, okay, I, I, the forge is still hot. Let's go before it gets too cold. I think she would pause at the door as he's walking out and turn around and kind of look at all three of you. And so this is about to be really weird. Um, it's a family tradition, but if you guys, wouldn't mind coming with me. Pippa, you're gonna be a little squeamish, so just hunker down for that. But I will I will bear it for you. <laughs> Thank you. Odessa leaves and I think you guys all follow, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. So uh you guys go to Izamir's shop and he's billowing the forge and bringing up the flame and hotter and hotter and he goes and he sets Maker's Mark in the just slightly into the flame. He turns around to you. For those that you don't know, this is a tradition among families of blacksmiths. They bear the family's mark on their skin. It is a rite of passage, and albeit in the short term very painful, it is it is showing the honor and of your family and carrying it down through the generations. And he uh, he goes, Odessa Granade, have you chose the spot of your mark? Um. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I have. And she kind of starts to unbutton like her shirt because it's gonna need to come off um, down to her undershirt, and like pauses and looks at Ismar and goes, "Actually, one second. And she turns to Minette. Minette, this is kind of weird. Um, but one of the things that we do is we ask someone who is important to us to mark us and it might be weird but uh and she like shuffles her feet a lot and like just cannot make eye contact with you at all she interrupts you i would be honored (laughs) (laughs) 
thank you for that. <laughs> and like finishes unbuttoning it and slips off her shirt and turns back to Ismar and says, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. And, and what part are you wanting it done on? Uh, the nape of her neck. So she would probably look around for like a chair. And so she would like sit on it backwards and like pull her hair up over and like put her head over the back of the chair so that it's like exposed. So he gives a, uh, a big thick piece of leather and he puts it in your mouth and he's like, he's like for you to, to bite through. He, he gets these giant like heavy duty gloves and puts them on your hands, Manette. And he's like, okay, press and pull back. Do not do it any fast, any longer than that, or else it will hurt her badly. Manette nods and she indicates, I, you know, I've, I've seen this happen before. Don't worry. I've got this. Roll me a reflex save, Manette. I got a 25 total. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you do it flawlessly. It is probably the most, like, perfectly, like, it's even, it's straight on. It didn't go too deep, so it didn't, like, puncture through the skin. And it does hurt like hell. And it's kind of, I think you guys would be kind of like shocked at the fact that she barely moves. Like she doesn't move at all. She doesn't make any sound. Like I think that you're all picking up on this being really, really important. Even though she's like, she's not playing it off as important as it actually is. I think, I think this is a very, you guys are all having a very similar feeling to when you were leaving uh, Heldron for the last time, when you knew there was probably a high probability you might not come back, um, or at least if you're not going to come back, not all of you might come back. So you guys are all wandering back to Nadia's, and you get ready to crash for the night, and knowing that tomorrow starts a new adventure. The Fantastic Worlds podcast is a Fantastic Pods production. I'd like to thank Amy Hankinson for writing our wonderful theme song, Sirenscape for the use of sound effects and music, Paizo for the wonderful Reign of Winter Adventure Path, and all you listeners. Until next week, I'm Dustin Alexander, and you can reach me on Twitter at Dustin Alexander. I'm Abby. I think this is the first time in a long time I felt satisfied at the end of an episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bonanza Famine. I know, Dustin. <laughs> Eat it! Yeah, this was a closing. We were totally it was like, ah, closing. Uh, closure. All right. Uh, this is uh, Angel Espinoza. You can reach me at uh, Twitter and Instagram at Espinoza916. Uh, this is Kay, and you can reach me on Instagram and Twitter at She's Lady Macbeth. This is Jess, and you can find me on Twitter at Hank the Clank. Please remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Uh, we actually have gotten quite a few reviews over the past week, and we always need more. Um, so please, please do so. We really appreciate the help. Uh, follow and share with us on social media. And if you do so, use the hashtag World's Travelers so we can give you a thank you and a call out. I don't think there's a single person we have not all thanked every time they've done that. Uh, <laughs> Your support does make a huge difference. We Thank you so much you. for listening. And until yes, next time, love, I hope you have many guys. fantastic adventures. Love you. Besos. Besitos. Besitos. Oh, no. gross. <laughs>
<laughs> what are you guys all about? Every time. <laughs> 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 <Sorry. clears throat> <laughs> oh, they needed to name that something better. Horwood. Horwood. In the land of Abraxas's oh, people. Wolf fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> No one uses the word H-O-A-R anymore. No one uses nope. H-O-A-R. <laughs> when you first said uh, uh, ancestral home, I thought ancestral you said ancestral home. home. I, was, I was like, whoa. <laughs> that We've is got into Game of Thrones territory. <laughs> oh, my, my, my ancestral home, the horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that is the name of a porno. That's the name of this porno. Yeah. The porno version. The porno version of FWP. Horwood Forest. Podcast Ancestral Home. Podcast too horny. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. That's the, that's my only thing. I don't have anything to say outside. I mean, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, okay. I went from crying because I was too emotional to crying because I was laughing too hard. So this is fine. Wow, this has been a great episode. It's a great episode. We've gone full circle. 